everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. That was beautiful. What a morning. How do I not mess this up, guys? It's a lot of pressure. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, happy Sunday, everybody. How are we doing? How are we feeling? Some of us up here, some of us down here. But we're coming together like we always do for one purpose, and that is to fix our focus on the author and the finisher of our faith. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. And so we can trust in that process. And I love that song that we sang today that said, fear is not my future, you are. Heartbreak is not my home. Sickness is not my story. Death is not the end. There's a confidence that comes when you live a life of faith. And that's really what I want us to talk about today, that confidence that comes from living your life in total, complete dependence upon God. And I want to start with this story about a Japanese general who took his army out to battle, and they were greatly outnumbered by their enemy. But the general had confidence that they were going to win. His people, on the other hand, they didn't think so. And so on their way to the battle, they stopped by a religious shrine, and they prayed. And after they prayed, the general said to everybody, I'm going to flip a coin. And if it lands on heads, we're going to win. If it lands on tails, we're going to lose. Now in this moment, destiny is going to reveal itself. He flips the coin. Everybody's looking. It lands on the ground. Lo and behold, it's heads. Everybody gets excited. They're pumped. They're ready to go. This is destiny. They go out into battle. They defeat the enemy. And on their way back home, one of the general's lieutenants looks to him and said, there's no cheating destiny, is there? And the general looked at him and said, nope. And then he showed him the coin that he flipped, and it had heads on both sides. (laughs) See, he knew. He knew before he went into the battle that it had already been won. And that reminds me of this wonderful scripture in the New Testament that says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Some translations put this in the past tense. Who has given us the victory. In other words, I can know before I step into any situation that I've got all of the resources within me that I need to get through this and to get through this as a conqueror, as a victor. 
But in order to do that, you've got to fix your focus. Instead of focusing on the power that is against you, you've got to start to focus on the power that is within you. There is a power within you that is greater than anything this world can throw your way. It is the power of God. It's the power of love, the power of vulnerability, the power of forgiveness, the power of community. What can't you get through in life without those things? I mean, or with those things, excuse me. You can get through anything with that stuff. That's your power. Your power is that you take responsibility for yourself. You take responsibility for the life that you're living. Your power is that you're able to admit your mistakes. Your power is humility. Your power is that you don't have to defend yourself. Your power is that you can stand on your own even when everybody has something to say about what you should or should not be doing. You're rooted and grounded in your integrity. That's your power. And I'm telling you, I've seen with my own eyes And it's a blessing that I've been able to see that. I don't just like read about it in the Bible. I've seen people who live this. And they've lost everything and their faith is on fire. No house. No home. I'm about to die. I was abandoned. I was betrayed. I went through the worst of situations. I've seen people who have lived through that. Who are living through that. And they still say, but God is good. So I'm good. Look at, look at what's happening all in my life. Let me tell you something, Pastor. It is well with my soul. Mm. We have the victory. We can walk through life with a sense of confidence. And that confidence is derived from our faith. And when you read through the scriptures, one of the most common themes, I mean... This phrase comes out of the mouth of God in the scriptures. Who knows how many of times, so many times, where God says to his people, fear not, do not be afraid. Anybody know why? For I am with you. I am with you. What does that mean for you? Because I can explain it, but what does that mean for you? Can you trust that God is with you? Do you know that God is with you? Does that mean anything significant? It should. It can. It must. And it does. God is with you. And if God is with me, what could possibly overcome me? Either way, I win. Even when I lose, I win if God is with me. Every loss is a lesson. And every loss also comes with gain. So it's a win-win situation when you understand that the victory has already been granted to you. So walk in that confidence. Walk in that knowing. I want to highlight two stories today from the Hebrew Scriptures. The first is a story of a man named Gideon. Gideon lived at a time when the people of Israel were being attacked by a group called the Midianites. And the Midianites seemed to have all the power, all the strength, all the numbers on their side. And God, in the form of an angel, appears to Gideon and calls him to step up and lead the people of Israel into battle. But Gideon needed a little bit of convincing. He wasn't too sure how this can be the case. So look at this first encounter that Gideon has with an angel in Judges chapter 6. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, 
The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I love this reply. Uh, pardon me, my Lord, but um, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Because look at our people. We are in shambles. This is a mess. If you're really with us, why has all of this happened to us? The Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And here Gideon makes a mistake that many of us do. And that is mistaking God's silence for God's absence. Just because God is silent does not imply that God is absent, that God is not there, that God is not with you. In fact, it's when God is the most silent that you can probably bet on the fact that he's working behind the scenes doing things that you have no idea about. While you're waiting, God is working. While you're waiting, God is working. But obviously, this comes from a genuine place in Gideon's heart. He's asking why. He's looking at the evidence that he sees before him. By the way, we walk by faith, not by sight. So when all the evidence seems to be contrary to what you think is the best course of action for your life, remember, what you see with your physical eyes is much different than what you can see through the eyes of your soul. Can you tap into the eyes of your soul? Walk by faith, not by sight. But Gideon's asking why, why, why is this happening, God, why? And it's valid. It's valid to ask that question. I was talking to somebody recently, and she was telling me that when she was younger, she had cancer. The chemo that she went through totally messed her up to the point where now she has this very rare condition and disease that is only found in a few case studies. She's stuck in a wheelchair, doesn't know how she's going to get better, feels like she's been betrayed by a lot of her family members, dealing with a whole lot of mess in her mind from the trauma that she's dealt with and experienced in her life. And she said, Danny, I, I just have this resentment towards God, and I don't understand why. Like, why, why me? Why do I have to go through all of this? This is too much for anybody to bear. And I had sense receptivity in her and openness in her. So I was a little more poignant in my response. And I said, you know, what if instead of waiting for God to answer that question, you answer it yourself? I wonder if when we look up to the heavens and yell out to God and say, why? I wonder if he's also looking down at us and asking us the same thing and saying, why don't you tell me? The real question is, can you find a purpose in what you've been through? If you can find a purpose in what you've been through, you may come to see that your purpose and God's purpose can actually be one and the same thing. And interestingly enough, when I did bring this up, to this young woman, she found some reasons. She found some purpose. She says, well, I, I, have, I have been able to speak on, on a stage in front of thousands of people and tell them about my story. And I do want to be a social worker one day and really help people. And yeah, I think I, I, think I can find some purpose in what I'm going through. You, you're waiting for God. You may be waiting a long time. You answer the question. It's like... Was it Gabby who was teaching us about co-creating? There you go. 
There you go. Life's a blank canvas. You get to draw on it. And that's really the only area in life that we get to play. It's with the story. Because we don't really have a lot of control over the things that happen externally. We think we do. In my opinion, it's an illusion. Life happens. And there's a lot of factors outside of your control that contribute to the things that happen in your life. But where you do have control, where you can play, is in the realm of, of story, perspective, outlook, viewpoint, perception. So Gideon is, first and foremost, not able to truly trust that God is with him because he's looking at everything around him and he's mistaking God's silence for God's absence. But God persists and continues to say, no, you're, you're the man for the job. Let, let me ensure you that I'm here. I'm with you. I see you. I feel you. And I'm walking alongside of you. And look at this next encounter with the angel. After the angel tells Gideon he is the man for the job, Gideon again says, pardon me, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Valid excuse. Do you remember how the angel referred to Gideon before this moment, though, in the scripture that we just read? He called him a mighty warrior. But can you notice the way Gideon sees himself? I am the weakest in my clan. I am the least in my family. How could you possibly think that this could be a role that I can fulfill? And it's important to highlight this because there is... A lot of discrepancy oftentimes between the way that God sees us and the way that we see ourselves. It's normal to deal with self-doubt. It's normal to deal with insecurities. And a lot of us think that our weaknesses, our insufficiencies, our insecurities are what disqualify us. But in God's eyes, that's the prerequisite. Because it's through our weakness that God can show himself to be strong. It's through our weakness, it's through our insufficiency that God makes the most impact on people's lives. We, when I went through a divorce two years ago, this church gained a bunch of more members. <laughs> Honestly. And they, told, they, would, they came up to me and they said, Danny, when I came here, I was a little skeptical of you. And I didn't know what to think. But then when I saw how raw and real and vulnerable and transparent you were, I was like, oh, this is my dude. We're going to be here. People don't relate to perfect. They relate to real. And so you got to be willing to get real and honest. That's why when we do circles of trust, that's what's so powerful. That's why this community is so powerful. Because we're not uniting around our strengths. We're uniting around our weaknesses. I'm a human being. We're all human beings. Especially me, leading this community, I don't set myself up here. In fact, I let everybody know, and if you haven't heard this in a while, it's good for you to remember, I'm going to disappoint you. <laughs> I will disappoint you. 
I will not meet the standards that you have for me based on what your expectation of a holy man is. I am a sinner. <laughs> really. Not a joke. Not just a, a joke. I'm serious. Okay. Okay. But guess what? Because I've been willing to do that, I have a gift that a lot of my pastor friends don't have. I can find solace and comfort within the very community that I lead. You know what they tell a lot of pastors? You got to be friends with other pastors in other communities. And those are the people you can be real with and honest with and tell them what's going on. But you can't have that with your people. It's like, oh, what a waste of time then. Why are we doing this? What kind of game are we playing? And I am grateful that I myself... When I'm going through it, when I have hard times, I have people who check on me. I have people who care about me from this community. Hey, are you doing all right? Because we know you're not Superman. Hey, we love you. Earlier today, somebody said, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm all right. I said, well, even if you're not, I'm here for you. And I said, thank you. Thank you. And I know that. I feel that. So our weaknesses are typically things that we shy away from and we try and hide those things from the rest of the world. But in God's kingdom, we lead with that. That's how we can. That's our power is in that because everybody else is trying to pretend like they don't have any faults. They don't have any problems. Look at the image that I'm able to put out into the world. Everything is perfect and good. There's power in being real. There's power in being transparent. And know that if you feel insecure by yourself, you're not alone. Look at the, I mean, God uses people with insecurities. God uses people who are the least and the lowly on purpose. God uses the people who are not qualified with intentionality. And notice what the angel says to Gideon in response to his claim that he's too weak. Look at what he says. The Lord turned to Gideon and said, go in the strength you have. I will be with you. I love that phrase, go in the strength that you have. In other words, do what you can with what you got. Well, what if I don't got a lot? God will multiply it. God will amplify it. God will make something more of it. The most common way that people give up their power is by thinking that they don't have any. And so that's what you got to realize. You don't even really need much. Jesus said it's just a little mustard seed of faith, and that's enough. Just a little bit. And God will make up for what you lack with his favor. And some of us underestimate the power of God's favor when you know that God's favor is on you, that you are blessed because you are his child. You know, you walk with a little bit of swag. It's humble. <laughs> It's humble, but it's swaggy because you understand, like, you know, people act funny when they find out that I'm a pastor. And so in the barbershop, every time I'm there on Friday nights, there's a group of guys that have been going at the same time for years to this barber. And one of the dudes afterwards, he was outside by his truck. I just finished my haircut. I was walking to my car. And he says, you're the son of a king, huh? And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? I was trying to make sense. He's like, he's like you're, you're the child of a king. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me that. He's like, yeah. 
So, okay. <laughs> Great. But I love that he said that. You're a child of a king. You know, I've been on this Game of Thrones rewatch thing lately. <laughs> and it's like when your dad is on the throne and you're next up in line, you got some power there. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to say something to me? What? I'll have your tongue for that. That's how they do it in House of Dragon. All right, but we walk with love. We walk with grace and compassion. But the whole earth is our inheritance. Every heart is our temple. Every human, our sibling. Right? It all belongs to us. It's all been granted to us as a gift. And you are the son and daughter of a king. And so there's favor on you. There's favor on you. I was talking to somebody the other day, and she said to me very seriously, she's like, you know, when I ask God for things, God gives it to me. And honestly, I experience a lot of things that people think are just lucky. She started giving me all these examples. She's like, I'm just lucky. I'm just lucky. And as she was telling me that, I was like, hmm, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at that because guess what? I mean, that's your mindset. You start thinking you're lucky. You start feeling you're lucky. You may start getting a little lucky. I mean, in her world, she thinks that's, she thinks that's the case and she has evidence to show you. So why not? Translate that over. If you know God's favor is on you, if you feel God's favor with you, you're going to experience God's favor in your life. That's how it works. That's how it works. And so know that God is with you. Know that God's favor is on you. Know that you are blessed. See, we, we forget that we live in a universe of infinite possibilities. Anything is possible. That came out of Jesus' mouth several times. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. I was talking to a coworker recently. She said that her father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And the doctors gave him four months to live. And she said, it's been four years. And he's still here. Now, do... Situations always turn out that way. No, they don't. But they definitely won't if you don't even think it's a possibility. So we got to stay open. And for me, I get crazy with it. I'm open to the worst and I'm open to the best. Either way, I'm going to be all right. God is with me. There's nothing to fear. All of it is just going to be grist for the mill. All of it is just going to be building blocks as God continues to build his kingdom within me and strengthen me in the truth of who I am and who he is. Nothing is impossible. Confidence. You see how you can start walking in confidence when these truths are what you live by. Another story, David and Goliath. You guys familiar with the David and Goliath story? Goliath is this giant. He's a Philistine. The Philistines are fighting against the people of Israel. And 
this dude Goliath said, I'll challenge anybody to a battle. Who wants some? Come at me. Everybody was scared. Nobody wanted to fight Goliath except this little shepherd boy named David. We know him later on as King David, who slayed thousands upon thousands. But at this point, he didn't have nothing in his track record other than taking care of some sheep. And he said, I'll do it. And when he stood up to that challenge, Saul, who was the king at the time, said, you're going to need some help because you can't do this like this. So I want you to wear my armor. I want you to take my sword. Look at what he says here. Saul had his own military clothes and armor put on David, and he gave David a bronze helmet to wear. David strapped on a sword and tried to walk around, but he was not used to wearing those things. And he said, I can't move with all this stuff on. I'm just not used to it. So David took off the armor, picked up his shepherd's stick, and he went out to a stream, picked up five smooth rocks, put them in his leather bag. Then with his sling in his hand, he went straight toward Goliath. I love the fact that David was able to be honest about this armor just not feeling right for him. I appreciate your opinion, Saul. I appreciate your outlook and perspective on this situation. But I got to handle this in a way that is true to me. See, a lot of us, when we go through situations, we, we love to, I used to do this all the time. What do you think I should do? And that's okay if we ask that question because we genuinely don't know what we should do and we need help. And it's good to get feedback from other people. But if the decisions you make in your life do not come from a deep place of personal conviction, you're not going to have the strength you need to follow through on those decisions. And that's always going to lead to one of two things, regret or resentment. Everybody's going to have an opinion on how you should or should not react in a given situation. There's always going to be a ton of voices around you telling you how you should feel, how you should think about this or that. Can you be bold and courageous enough to silence exterior voices? Again, take feedback. Acknowledge what's good. But make a decision that you can stand by. That's when you find power. Hard decisions, difficult choices in life, which, by the way, life is full of hard decisions, difficult choices. Hard decisions, difficult choices in your life are going to require resolve. You need resolve. And nobody can give you that but you. David had enough resolve to follow through with a decision that in other people's mind was probably a bad decision. But he had to say, I got to do this because it's what's right for me. David trusted himself. And that's the hard part. See, that's why he picked up the stones. That's why he picked up the sling. Because he knew, I have practice with this stuff. When I was taking care of my sheep and the lions would come to attack, I used my sling 
and these stones. When the bear would come to attack these sheep, I used my sling and these stones. He trusted his preparation. He trusted the process. God is always preparing you for what he has in store for you. It's all just practice for the next thing. It's all just practice for the next thing. When I go through difficult situations in my life, I remind myself, hey, this is what I've been preparing for. This is what I've been preparing for. See, my goal at Hartway in everything that I teach is to show you and teach you how to suffer well. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you you're not going to suffer. Bad things won't happen to you. Difficult times won't come. Oh, no, they will. My goal is to help you get to a place that when that occurs, you can look right into that darkness and smile and say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That's it. I know I got what it's. I've been preparing for this. I've been prepping for this. God's been working on me for this. And if this is really difficult and hard right now, I can't imagine the gems that I'm going to get from this, the growth that's going to come from this, the resilience and the resolve that's going to be built in me as a result of going through this. That's why we're here. We just got to accept it. You're here to learn. You're here to grow. You're here to evolve into the fullness of who God has created you to be. You're here to maximize your potential. You're here to recognize the truth of who God is and walk in the power that comes from that. But in order to do that, you gotta, you got to silence all the other voices, get really, really still because there's power in stillness, and get in touch with the voice of God within you. Now, when God tells you something, don't go telling everybody else, oh, God told me to tell you this, that, or the other. God wants us to do that. No, no, no. Speak for yourself. God speaks to me directly, and God speaks to you directly. Don't come at me with all that stuff. Tell God to tell me what he told you. No, really, for real. Because if not, I'm all right. Really. Because a lot of people be doing some crazy things in the name of God. But I respect what you believe God is telling you to do. That's fine. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) But, yeah, you know. But this is why, you know, developing these spiritual rhythms, spiritual practices, spiritual habits is so instrumental. You need practices, actual practices that keep you grounded, that anchor you in the truth. I was speaking to a gentleman this week. He was getting ready for heart surgery. And he was telling me a little bit of his story. Years ago, he got diagnosed with cancer. Not too long ago, his bladder had to get removed. His wife of 30-something years died like five years ago. He says, now it's just him and his five cats. And as he was talking to me, I'm like, you seem like you're okay. You seem like you've accepted the situation. He's like, yeah, I just keep it trucking. And I said, how? I, I genuinely, curiously ask, because I want to know. <laughs> How? He said, 
There's no other choice. He, he, he literally looked at me as like, I'm asking a dumb question. He said, there's no other choice. What, what else am I supposed to do? There is no other choice but to accept the situation and keep it trucking. So how great would it be if we could get to the point where there is no other choice but love for me in this situation? There's just no other choice for me. There's no other choice but forgiveness. I'm just so rooted in this that it's what oozes out of me. There's no other choice but trust in God through this. Don't give yourself another choice. There's power in single-mindedness. Single-mindedness. When good happens, good. When bad happens, good. Single-mindedness. You got to be a little crazy to do that. Admittedly. Admittedly. But that's the kind of crazy I want to be. I'd rather be crazy on that side than crazy on the other side. So it's about walking the middle way. Keeping your center. So when you're going through a tough time, the world is against you, people are speaking ill on your name, you feel insecure, everything, everything that could go wrong is going wrong. How do I stay in the middle? Well, on the one side, there's I'm a victim. I'm a victim and all of this is happening to me. On the other side is I'm on phase. I don't feel nothing. It ain't no problem. Right in the middle. Or you could say, no, I have emotions and I feel. And this is real. And it can hurt a little bit. But I'm also able to take responsibility and I also realize that it's not the end of the world. I do have a lot to be grateful for. You live right there, that's power. So get to that point. Establish yourself so much so in your spiritual rhythms and practices that there's no other choice for you anymore than love, acceptance, faith, surrender, forgiveness, vulnerability. Truth. There's no other choice. There's no other choice. What else is there for us to do in this life? The problems are going to continue to come, everybody. So what else is there to do? What better use of our time is there than to develop ourselves internally? To develop your internal strength. There's a, a Zen philosopher who, who said once, learn how to govern your mind and the universe will govern itself. And that's how I govern my mind. I keep it from teeter-tottering too much on either side. Woe is me. The world is crashing. Oh my God, I'm in a fantasy world. Everything's all right, but I don't really believe that. And I'm just repressing my emotions and acting like everything's fine when it, is, when it isn't. Learn how to govern your mind. How do you govern your mind? Well, easier said than done, right? But love is what governs. Allow love to be what governs. No other choice but that. Look at what it says here in this passage of Scripture, and we'll wrap it up. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ. That's it. You're wondering, what does God want me to do right now in this situation when everything's crashing around me? 
Keep praying. Keep giving thanks. You do that, I mean, you're solid. You're good. That's your sling. Those are your stones. Whatever the situation is on the outside. I mean, think about our world. 2020 was coronavirus. Right now we're in war. Who knows what will be next, you know, in this crazy world. But something will come. How do I prepare myself for what is to come? I govern my mind, trust God to govern the world. I'm going to keep my focus right in here. What's going on in here? What's going on in here? I'm going to just keep drawing near to God. And God will keep drawing near to me. And that will be where my strength comes from. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. You got it in you. And when you don't have it in you, be weak. And lean on somebody and let them be your strength. And let God be your strength. But you got this, okay? Let's pray. God, we thank you for putting in us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. In this moment, we open up our hearts and we ask that you would fill us to the brim with faith with courage, with confidence that comes from knowing that you are with us. We are not alone and your favor is over our lives. We may feel insecure. We may have a lot of questions about why things are happening the way that they're happening. But God, help us to go forward in the strength that we have. It may not be much, but it is enough for you to use and work with. We trust in you, God. And I know there are so many of us here who we're shattered, we're broken this morning. And and the thought of being strong and courageous and confident is so far from what we think to be our reality. And I pray that your grace and your mercy would meet those individuals right where they are. And, And that in their weakness, you would be their strength. In every situation, God, we're going to keep praying and we're going to keep praising And we're going to continue to be thankful and grateful for that is your will for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your love. Amen. All right, we did it. Hey, real quick before you go. Next week, this is really cool. You guys know I love like doing interfaith stuff and introducing you to new voices. So next week, we're going to be interviewing a Buddhist monk. His name is Bhante, and he calls himself the loving kindness monk. And he's got a great story. I think we're going to get so much out of it. So come with an open mind and open heart, and it's going to be amazing. And bring a friend. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good week.